0: Sirius XM at Augusta National present the Masters Show.
1: And he cuts out for a 68. 10 best rounds of the four-day tournament. Hogan wins his first masters. Marco
0: Mira has won the Masters, burdying the 72nd hole. Ben Gretschw has won the Masters for a second time. Masters History. Conversations with past champions, previewing this year's tournament and celebrating the unique traditions of the Masters. Bernard,
1: when we put this jacket on you, you become a member of Augusta National Golf Club.
0: You're invited to play in this tournament for the rest of your life. Well, thank okay.
2: You very, much. I'm very proud of that.
0: The Masters Show, with your host, Taylor Zarzer, begins right now on Sirius XN.
3: One of the things we love most about Augusta National Golf Club and the Masters are the roars. Who can forget Frinshaw in 84 with that 50-foot putt he made at the 10th? What about Larry Mize three years later hitting the shot of his life in the town he grew up in to win a green jacket by chipping in to the right of the 11th hole? I think of Phil Mickelson when I think of 12, 13, and 14. Phil got going in 04 with a birdie on 12. Then think of six years later when he hit that improbable shot from the trees up on the green to inside five feet and the gallery going crazy. 14 in 2004, Mickelson almost made a two as he left it on the lip from the middle of the fairway, and the patrons went nuts. How about Jack making eagle there in 1986 on the 15th hole? Jack almost holding out on the next hole in that same year. Tiger with the shot of his life, the chip-in in 2005, and the most important shot in 2019 on the par 3 16th. When you think of the 17th hole at Augusta National, you think, maybe, yes, sir, as Vern Lundquist had the call when Jack took the outright lead in the 86 Masters. And when I think of the 18th hole, I think of the ground shaking underneath me in April of 2019 as all of the people assembled around that green were chanting Tiger, Tiger as he embraced Charlie Woods and won his fifth green jacket. So many amazing moments have happened at Augusta National because of the roars. And thankfully, we will have patrons on the ground again in the 2021 Masters. Chairman Fred Ridley said this last week, Following the successful conduct of the Masters Tournament last November with only essential personnel, we are confident in our ability to responsibly invite a limited number of patrons to Augusta National in April. As with the November Masters, we will implement practices and policies that will protect the health and safety of everyone in attendance. Nothing is or will be more important than the well-being of all involved. While we are disappointed that we will be unable to accommodate a full complement of patrons this year, we will continue our efforts to ensure that all who purchase tickets from Augusta National will have access in twenty twenty two provided conditions approve and Just as important, if not more I- exciting about this than anything else, is that the Augusta national women's amateur will be back, and so will the drive chip and Putt national finals. those are both on as scheduled and a limited amount of patrons will be able to attend both of those tremendous events. Great news from Augusta National that came out last week. For reaction to it, let's hear from some people that are going to play in the field. Let's start with the man that finished second. Four rounds in the 60s, it had never been done before. Cameron Smith, the Australian that finished second in November, said this about that news.
0: I mean absolutely yeah we we miss the fans out here every week. Um I mean it the I feel as though the atmosphere around there um was obviously down this year. It's such a unique place in that you can hear everything that's going on throughout the whole course. Um so I think if we get a few out there it'll definitely make a difference.
3: No question that it will. You will know who did what on a certain hole as you always have throughout the history of the masters current PGA champion, Colin Morikawa said this about fans coming back to Augusta national.
2: Yeah, I saw that this morning. Um, I I think it's obviously encouraging. Um, you know, I I think all these tournaments are going to start bringing fans back, whether it's, you know, limited capacity or certain amount per day. Um, they're going to do it right. You know, the the PGA tour, when we're going to do it, I know they're going to, I think, allow it at Phoenix. Um, you know, we're always going to follow the right rules. Uh, We've built a system. The PGA Tour has built a system. I'm sure the Masters, Augusta have have built the system or are building a system right now with everyone else to make sure this doesn't get out of hand. You know, we've we've done a really good job um, since the start of whatever May, since we started. Um, And I think the PGA Tour has, they they need to be given the credit. Um, We're the first really big tour to come out here and do this stuff. So, you know, I I think we still need to watch ourselves on what we do and where we're going to be going. But for the most part, you know, slowly to start seeing fans, uh, it's going to be really exciting.
3: And Charles Howell III is played in 10 Masters. He is from Augusta, Georgia. He gives terrific perspective when he's asked a question. Here is his reaction to patrons being back at Augusta National.
4: Well, first off, from playing it in November with no fans, not that I didn't know this, but I didn't give enough credit to how much the fans and the whole atmosphere builds and makes the Masters. So the... You didn't know what you were
2: missing until you missed it.
4: That is correct. I I didn't give enough appreciation to the importance of the fans, the everything. So I think with that said, number one, any fans we get brings us closer back to the Masters. And so I was really excited to hear that um, now I need to play my way in it um, which obviously is, is always a as a goal not just for me but for everybody but it's a step in the right direction and I, I do think it is a positive positive. and if the Masters feels like they can host fans um, and host them safely then they clearly think that we're making progress on this and because knowing them and knowing the committee members which I do yeah, you know, they're always going to err on the side of caution and they're always going to make the right decision and do the right thing. And so if they feel like we can host some amount of fans safely, I think it's wonderful.
3: Great comments from Cameron Smith, Colin Morikawa, and then that from Charles Howell III about patrons being allowed to be on the grounds for the 2021 Masters. Again, a limited amount of patrons, but still there will be roars again at Augusta National. You can go through every sporting event in the world and you can find some examples of how much we miss the fans. I don't think there's any event that has missed that more than Augusta National, given the connection the patrons have to the players at that place, given the examples that I shared earlier on each of the holes on the back nine at Augusta National Golf Club. It'll be great to have them back in April. And again, the Masters will be right here exclusively heard on the radio on Sirius XM. We will be there all week. We will broadcast the par three tournament for the first time ever on the radio. You will hear that Wednesday afternoon, Brian Katrick, John McGinnis and yours truly will be bringing you that broadcast from the par three course there at Augusta national golf club. And the patrons will be out there for that. Who can forget GT Nicholas three years ago, making an ace, wearing the caddy bib, the grandson of Jack Nicholas making a hole-in-one, one of the most amazing moments we've ever seen out there. Of course, we saw Tony Finau dislocate his ankle and put it back into place. We saw Ricky Fowler and uh, Justin Thomas on top of each other, making hole-in-one so many great moments in recent years at the Par 3 tournament. That's been going on for decades, and it's great that that will be back. We will broadcast it. And then Thursday through Sunday – We'll have exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters. Each and every week, I want to salute those that are connected to the Masters that are celebrating birthdays. Here are a few that had birthdays since we were last on the air with you. Happy birthday to Mark O'Meara. He celebrated his 64th birthday on January the 13th. Mark, of course, won the Masters back in 1998. What a great career he has had. Also, happy birthday to Jimmy Walker. Jimmy's in the field again in 2021 by way of winning the 2016 PGA Championship. Jimmy turned 42 two days ago. And happy birthday goes to Tommy Fleetwood tomorrow. Tommy will turn 30, one of the best players on the planet. He hasn't won a major yet. I certainly could see him winning a green jacket or one major or two. In the next uh, few years, Tommy turns the big three-zero, And the biggest birthday of them all that'll happen this week, the Golden Bear, the winner of six green jackets, will turn 81 years young on January 21st. Happy birthday to Jack. Speaking of Jacks, we've got another Jack that'll be celebrating a birthday later this month. On January the 29th, Jack Burke Jr. will turn 98 years old. He's the oldest living winner of the Masters, and he joined us recently for an exclusive interview from his office at Champions Golf Club in Houston. You will hear that next when the Masters show continues on SiriusXM.
1: If he can gather his nerves and his emotions, he can play the shot. I've been very impressed by all three's composures, but mainly Larry's. He's been very, very
0: calm. Now back to the Masters show. How's that look?
1: to the greatness of that shot. Simply
3: incredible.
0: On Sirius XM. The Masters show
3: continues on Sirius XM. As promised, we're now joined by Jack Burke Jr. from his home in Houston, Texas, the 1956 Masters champion. Jack, it's Taylor Zarzer. It's an honor to talk to you. How are you today?
5: I'm doing good uh, for 97. Oh. That's not an easy number.
3: Well, I know you have another number uh, coming up in a couple weeks.
5: Yeah, those birthdays
3: get you. (laughs) I know that they do. Um, Mr. Burke, you've lived in Houston almost your entire life. How old were you when you moved from Fort Worth to Houston?
5: My dad came from Philadelphia. The people in Fort Worth were trying to get golf to come south. And they hired him to in, in Fort Worth and then my dad came to a, a club here in Houston, River Oaks, and he brought Donald Ross with him to build a golf course here in Houston. And I grew up uh, with that with that at the dinner table about every night. I was I was about nine years old.
3: And I know your father was a great player in his own right. He was a, a great pro player, came close to winning Major championships, uh, Jack. What is your first memory of your dad teaching you the game?
5: Well, my dad uh, was a good teacher, and that's why they got him. They they got him for because he taught a lot of people. He taught Harvey Payne, he taught uh, Jack Grout, Dick Grout, uh, who taught Nicholas. He had a a simple way of teaching and. He didn't want you going to the first tee with a whole lot on your mind.
3: No question, um, Jack. When did you think you When did you think you had a chance to be a great player?
5: I didn't even. I, I, didn't, I was never brought up thinking about that. I was thinking more about uh, the caddy yard that I was in, and uh, we used to take a pocket knife and cut a hole in the dirt and putt down there for $0.10 a
0: putt.
5: Uh, I, I was more interested in that than I was in my future.
3: Of course, you went off to war, served our country in the Marine Corps, and um, we're certainly all thankful for your service. When when you came back from the war, what were your plans uh, to, to make some money?
5: Well, I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and uh, – you're not thinking a lot about uh, winning a golf tournament in there, I'll tell you. But uh, I was lucky; I didn't get hit with anything. I got I got hurt a couple of times, but I, but I didn't. It wasn't fatal, at least, nothing I know of.
3: <laughs> and thank we're thankful for that. And and you came back, and you were an assistant pro at Wingfoot. For Claude Harmon, tell us how instrumental was uh, Mister Harmon in your development as a player.
5: Well, oh, uh, Craig Wood is the one that got me that job because Craig uh, was a member at Wingfoot, and uh, well, at one time in, in Florida, I was playing alongside of him. He asked me what I was getting ready to do, and I said, "Well, I'm just looking for a job." He said. He said, you uh, come to my hotel. So he came over there and he called this man. He said, I got you a man. Uh, He'll be at the train station with a golf bag and a a little handbag. You'll you'll know him. And so I met this fellow who was a member of uh, the Hollywood Club in Deal, New Jersey. I got that job first. And then I got a job with Claude Harmon.
3: And then the next year, Mr. Burke, you won the Metropolitan Open in, in 1949, which to this day is still a very big deal in New York if, if you win the Met up there. It's one of the toughest sections, as you know, in, in professional golf. The following year, you won four times in 1950, and you qualified for your first Masters. How big of a deal was that to you to qualify for the Masters back then?
5: I didn't even know that you could qualify for the masters to be honest with you. And uh, the fact that I won the Met Open was a big deal for me because it was the biggest tournament in the New York area. And uh, I did it at the club I was working at, the Hollywood, the Metropolis Golf Club in White Plains, New New York. I won it there.
3: And, and as you said, uh, the, the Masters tournament, no one knew how big of a deal it would be. Uh, from the, Over the course of the next five years, you had some great finishes in it. You, you finished 11th, 2nd, 8th, 6th, and 13 in uh, your 2nd through 6th Masters appearances, yet you hadn't won in three years coming into the 1956 Masters. Did you have some close calls where you almost had a chance to win?
5: You know, once you play the Masters, you, you sort of know what's out there for you, mm-hmm. and you know how you're going. Uh, putting is a big thing at, at Augusta, and I could always putt pretty good. Uh, so I didn't think about much more than just getting to the green, and I didn't ever shoot at a flag because I couldn't hit it with a
3: rifle. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So uh, I just tried to get the ball on the green. I would putt to a cup that's a little larger than the one that was on the green. And so I didn't three-putt a lot because I got my putt, my ball in that little circle. It was the length of my putter. And uh, I always had a lot of confidence in that. I didn't three-putt very often.
3: Some great lag putting, and it's still a, a huge deal to be successful doing that to this day.
5: Well, you, you just you just have a feeling for the game makes you roll a ball, but your, your putting stroke is no different than your right arm, the way you'd roll a ball with your right arm. Only thing you, your right arm's got now is a putter in it. But you roll it with the same intention, Of rolling something and not hitting something.
3: Is there a story uh, from Mr. Demerit? I I was
5: was riding back with Mr. Demerit from Augusta one year and told him that I had only three putted twice in two years. And he pulled the car over and he said, "You don't have a green jacket." He'd already had three of them.
3: (laughs) Well, you would get one in in 1956. And what's really neat about 1956 to me, Jack, is that I'm, I don't know if you know this, but CBS televised the third and the final rounds for the first time with Chris Schenkel and Bud Palmer calling the action. Were you aware of the fact that the Masters was on television for the first time in 1956?
5: Right. I never will forget uh, the wind was blowing maybe 30 or 40 miles an hour And uh, it just, I was standing on the first tee ready to tee off, and Doug Ford was standing there by me. He wasn't gonna play with me, he just was standing there. And uh, I told him, I said, I'd take 77 today and never go out here. He said, I'll take 78. (laughs) So the win, the second hole is a par five. I've never been on it with anything in my bag. I went over the green on my second shot with a five iron. That's how hard the wind was blowing.
3: Wow. And, of course, uh, TV was able to capture those images for the first time ever. Um, It's obviously interesting what happened in that event uh, back in, in 1956, Mr. Burke. Ken Venturi had a big lead for three days. In fact, you were eight shots back going into the third round and into the final round. Did you ever think you had a chance?
5: No, I I didn't didn't talk to Venturi at all. I didn't have a chance to win it until I got to the 71st hole. And then I was was under par. And the only other guy under was Snead.
3: So you birdied the 12th hole, which got you in contention. And as you said, there was a big two-shot swing on the 17th hole when you made birdie. What do you remember about making birdie on the 17th hole?
5: Well, I I putted uh, from the fringe of the green, I putted about 20 feet and got it in. And I was playing with Mike Suchek, and he came over and slapped me on the back, and he said, the, the guys behind you are falling back you've got a good chance so I had to walk to the end of the tee to square that slap that he hit me on my back and <laughs> I, got down, I got down the fairway and at Augusta in a wind blowing like that you never want to miss the green to the left because you'll not be able to put it back on with the wind blowing so hard you can't hardly chip it back, back to the green, And I got it in a bunker to the right of the flag. And uh, I put put a little bunker shot out of there about four feet. And uh, i I'm, ne- I'm never asked a caddy uh, on a break line because you're always going to get two lines. But Pappy was my caddy. I said, Pappy... This putt's inside the hole, isn't it? He said it sure is. Pro cruiser on in. So I got it in, and uh, that turned out to be the low score.
3: Suchak then uh, gave you a bear hug uh, after that, uh, as you as you it ended up winning the tournament by one. Uh, Mr. Burke, we're going to listen to the highlights of that. I hope you'll be able to hear it. Here is uh, here are the highlights as told by Ed Herlihy in 1956 at the Masters.
1: Ken Venturi, the amateur, tees off at Augusta, four strokes up on his nearest rival, Cary Middlecoff, defending champ in the Masters tournament. No amateur has ever won. Eight strokes behind Venturi going into the final round is Jack Burke, Jr., personable veteran of the pro circuit. The gallery is rooting for the young San Francisco amateur, but gives the defending champ a hand when Cary sinks one. But the big story is Venturi's collapse and Burke's rally, climaxed by this terrific shot out of the trap on the final hole. A little English puts him only four feet from the cup. Ken Venturi captured the hearts of all who followed his fortunes. But Jack Burke Jr. holds out one stroke up to win the title and $6,000. Partner Mike Suchak is first to hail the new master of the masters. He wears the green coat of victory as Bobby Jones offers congratulations. A pro is still champ. It's
3: really amazing to watch that, Mr. Burke, and watch that incredible bunker shot that you hit there on the 18th green. You hit it, as you said, four feet above the hole made the putt, Mike Suchek gives you this huge embrace, and you are the Masters champion as Bob Jones put that green jacket on you. Was it the biggest moment of your career?
5: After you play a certain amount of golf, you, you concentrate on what you're doing, not what you're not doing. You're not winning. You don't, you don't know if you're winning. There could be a guy behind you that got you by four shots. You don't know it. You you don't get it. You concentrate on what you're going, what you're doing, and not what you're not doing. If if I win, they'll come tell me, and that's the way that was.
3: And that's exactly what they did. And then you won the PGA Championship right after that.
5: Right, I beat a, a friend of mine, Ted Kroll, in the finals. and uh, so it gave me two and uh, an untold story is that my check wasn't any good. Uh, I won the tournament, I think it was a $9,000 check, and the PGA in those days only had a secretary and a, a, a guy in Sarasota, Florida. So it was a pretty, as far as the tournament was concerned, it was good for the pros, not too good for the money. <laughs>
3: That certainly has changed today. Um, What does it mean to you, Mr. Burke, to be a Masters champion?
5: Well, I just enjoy what Bobby Jones and Cliff Roberts have put into the game, uh, moving the game from Philadelphia. My dad was from Philadelphia, and he, he had always tried to move the game down to Texas. But uh, they, Bobby Jones got it as far south as Georgia, and they pay, paid a lot of time and a lot of money to do it.
3: They certainly did, and uh, you are so beloved in that place. Let me ask you just one final uh, thing, Mr. Burke. How would you describe Augusta National Golf Club?
5: Well, it was not a big club, and uh, there was just some guys – down in that part of the country trying to make something out of it. And uh, particularly uh, Mr. Roberts and uh, Mr. Jones. And uh, I think Augusta is just one of a kind. We're not going to find it again. And so the kids are coming up right now. I hope
3: they appreciate it. Well, I I certainly thank uh, you so much for joining us, uh, Mr. Burke. Uh, It's an honor to talk to you here on the master show. Happy early birthday too.
5: Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> he had such a huge smile on his face as we did that interview. And as he said, thank you right there. In fact, uh, I did record the video conversation and some of that will be available via our social media channels on Sirius XM that I know our producer, John Albanese will send out via social media, but what a delightful man, almost 98 years old. I'd especially like to thank his bride, Robin, who was standing by his side during that interview and, and helping if he didn't understand a question. And still to this day, people love to celebrate Jack Burke Jr. in the Houston area when they come to Champions Golf Club. And I wanted to ask Robin about that. Hey, Robin, I have one question for you. Just as he goes sure. ar- as he goes around Houston and, and um, people come up to him at the club and, and play the course... Um, it just, how big of a deal is it to get to talk to him about the masters? Does everybody do that?
4: Oh, they love it. Uh, they really enjoy coming into his office because there's so much history, you know, um, uh, 60 some odd years of history in here and the pictures and the photographs. Um, we actually have his master's jacket here at the club, uh, for a little while. Um, it's in the Texas golf hall of fame and, in or the sports hall of fame in Waco, but, uh. We had him bring it up, and uh, we try to have it during Masters Week, you know, because the members love it, and uh, they love him and what he's done for the game and the community, and and uh, we're just, he, he comes to work seven days a week, and and the members still look for offices on the putting green, though. That's where he—that's where he enjoys being the most.
3: What a thrill to get to talk to Robin and Jack Burke Jr. Jackie is one of 34 living winners at least 14 won't compete this year in the 2021 masters but what about those that will and the others that have qualified for the masters we'll go through the field in the 2021 masters next on the Masters show on sirius xm whether you're on or off the course greatness takes more than skill it takes dedication that's why as an international partner of the masters UPS is dedicated to driving innovation that powers your business. Growing your business means adapting to stay ahead. So UPS has tools beyond just shipping that meet the specific and ever-changing needs of business owners. If you're looking to take your business global, do it with help from UPS experts and international services made for business of all sizes. With UPS automated tracking tools, you can stay in control and save time by seeing everything all in one place. Plus, with faster ground shipping now offered nationwide, you can surpass customer expectations and outpace the competition. And if you've taken your business online, you can find UPS wherever you sell. Count on UPS to help your business grow so you can be bold, be brave, be unstoppable. We appreciate the partnership of UPS with Masters Radio and here on The Masters Show. The Masters Show
0: on SiriusXM
1: champion of 1977, Tom Watson, the bride of Missouri and Stanford.
3: Those are two great voices in Masters history. Brian Katrick, the voice of this show as our announcer, also the voice of the Masters on the radio, as he will be again here on Sirius XM in 2021. And Vin Scully with the call back in the late 70s for CBS how about that BK in the same breath with the great Ben Scully
0: it feels inappropriate but uh (laughs) and because it is but how about that uh just he's part of the fabric that is this golf tournament
3: yes he is and so are you in in so many ways through the years you've called some of the greatest moments in Masters history each and every week Brian Katrick helps us go through the field the field is still at 84 players For about 63 holes in Honolulu, Hawaii, Brian, I thought we were going to get to 85. But Brendan Steele, for the second straight year, couldn't close the deal. So he's not in, and the field is still at 84 as Kevin Na, already in the field, wins the tournament.
0: And it was, you know, you wonder how heartbreaking it was. Brendan Steele was trying to win for a lot of reasons, but it's one of my favorite parts of a a winning interview after a tournament is over is if the player hadn't qualified for the Masters yet, that time when the light comes on in his head and he realizes, I just punched my ticket to Augusta National, it's in a different spot in everybody's priority list, but we would have seen the light flash in Brendan Steele's eyes, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to see it.
3: Yeah, maybe in Palm Springs we'll see that happen with someone this upcoming week out on the PGA Tour. As I said before the break, we have 34 living winners, at least 14 will not compete. That's one of my favorite things about the tradition of the Masters is that if you've won the tournament, as Horde Harden told Bernhard Langer in the open of this show, you are invited back for the rest of your life. And I know that you've seen plenty of great moments through the years with past Masters champions.
0: Well, Langer is one of them. He just keeps giving them to us, doesn't he? I mean, every year uh, he, just, he, he just seems ageless. We've seen that out on PGA Tour champions. And I think he gets reinvigorated. At the start of the season, with with this run through the first full week of April, it's just the way that the patrons treat the past champions as well, and no matter who it was, it was whether it was the, you know, the farewell to Ben Crenshaw or, or any of them. You just that, you know, Mark O'Meara coming down in front of us, Tom Watson who we heard the call, uh, any of those guys when they would come in front of of whatever hole you were stationed at. It was just different. The applause was just a little different. And I'm not talking about guys saying farewell. The farewells stand alone in their own category. But just having a, a Masters champion on your hole just feels a little different. And, and regular patrons will tell you that. It's really special.
3: Categories 2, 3, and 4 are major champions in the last five years from the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the Open Championship. BK, we have a couple of guys who are only qualified through that way.
0: Yeah, interesting to me. Jordan Spieth is really running out of qualifications, and it's one of the interesting sagas of Jordan Spieth. But that's uh, you know that and his past champion status as the Masters. He's he's running out of ways in. Luckily for him, having won the tournament is going <laughs> it's going to get him in for a while. Uh, Shane Lowry is is going to get in again because they haven't played his tournament. So he gets to fulfill that ceremonial role with the reigning Masters champion and the reigning U.S. Amateur champion for a second year in a row, we feel.
3: That's right. And it's the last year that Henrik Stinson and Jimmy Walker are qualified through winning their major championships unless they do something else to get into the 2022 Masters. Only, as you said last week, only have two players that are qualified through the Players' Championship, although Webb Simpson and Rory McIlroy are in countless ways. We'll have another Players' Championship coming up in March. The Olympics will happen this summer. They were going to happen last summer. So someone will qualify through Category 6 for the 2022 Masters. We have an amateur champ and a runner-up, Tyler Strafacci and Ali Osborne, that qualify through Category Number 7. British amateur champion is Category 8. That is 23-year-old Englishman Joe Long. But unfortunately, Brian, three of the ways to qualify for the Masters, something that Bob Jones started in this great tradition, aren't able to be represented this time Categories 9,
0: 10, and 11. Three of the ones that are very special in my heart, being an amateur player here in the state of Georgia. Uh, Nine is the Asia-Pacific amateur champion. They did not play that, as you mentioned. Ten, the Latin American amateur champion, didn't play that. And 11, the one time I qualified for the U.S. Mid-Amateur Championship, you can bet your bottom dollar that Category (laughs) 11 was top of my mind. I wanted to play well in the tournament. I wanted to win the tournament, and I knew there was a spot in the Masters on the line.
3: Would you have still called the Masters while competing in it? That's what I want to know. I have a feeling I'd have been
0: free on the weekend, so (laughs) yes.
3: (laughs) By the way, the Latin American amateur, which unfortunately couldn't be held last week when it was scheduled, was won by Joaquin Neiman a few years ago and now has turned into one of the best players in the world. The top 12 in ties from last year's Masters are in. Exactly 12 people are in from November, Dylan Fratelli, C.T. Pan, and Corey Connors all only get in this way. I always love following that, Brian, and you always make a big deal of that on Sunday afternoon of where someone is finishing and if it's enough to get them into the next one.
0: And it's really hard, and it's one of the best things that I think about this Masters show. The memories, uh, like you just heard with Mr. Burke, uh, are going to be awesome. But to me, to get this in the top of, of everyone's minds that These are guys that didn't have any other way to get in there. Sung J.M. was already in. John Rahm was already in. But Dylan Fratelli had to play his way in with a whale of a weekend. C.T. Pan and Corey Connors, you mentioned, they punched their tickets to this event, and that was not meaningless to them.
3: Top 12 get in next year from the Masters. Top four from the other majors from the most recent major champions to the u.s open and the pga championship they get and all the people that did that that finished in the top four are in other ways you've already gone over category 16 which of course is all the winners of pga tournaments within the last year maybe somebody in palm springs will qualify that way if you made the tour championship that would be category 17 lanto griffin sebastian muñoz cameron champ they all get in by making the tour championship and then finally. Brian, we only have 18 at this point. That'll change in a couple of weeks. But 18 is top 50 previous year. And Matt Wallace, he hung on for dear life. The Englishman finished 50th at the turn of the calendar year.
0: Yes, so he's sitting there in that 50th spot. Russell Henley picked up six spots going up to 52nd. Carlos Ortiz is 53rd. Andy Sullivan up to 54th. So when we get to the next cutoff in March... Those are guys that are knocking on the door that would love to find a way in.
3: That would be Category 19 if, uh, if they're able to do that by March 28th of this year. Maybe we'll get a special invitation, too. That happens from time to time. The, the one that I can recall recently, Brian, was Shubankar Sharma, who was playing on other tours but was so successful in winning tournaments all over the world that Augusta National noticed and said, this guy, while he's not in the top 50, is one of the hottest players we need to invite him. I love how much attention they pay to that all over the world.
0: Uh, It's not taken lightly, for sure. And the size of the field definitely has impact. But uh, they will not hesitate to break up a a perfect run of threesomes uh, if they need to put somebody in. Greg Norman has gotten one in the past. Uh, Guys that bring international attention get special attention, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
3: Voice of the Masters and Voice of the Par 3 Tournament. How about that?
0: Oh, I cannot wait to see it. There's so many smiles, but there's very few of them that are on the face of the competitors during Masters Week. Wednesday is full of that. It's going to be so much fun.
3: And one other thing that you'll get to have this year? Crowd noise. Patrons applauding shots. I know you can't wait for that.
0: It's such a huge part. I'm so glad that everyone that was on the property was at least around 18 when Dustin Johnson won. We will we will not struggle with that this year either. It's It helps you keep track. Mr. Burke was talking about trying to have scores shouted back from the group in front. Once they started turning around and looking at you, you knew you were in play. When there are patrons on the grounds, you know where you stand, and everybody loves that.
3: I, I do too. BK, thanks so much, my friend. We look forward to your next report next week.
0: I can't wait. Thanks for letting me be, letting me be a part of this show.
3: You got it. Brian Katrick, the voice of the Masters, joining us here on... Serious XM now this is the heartbreaking part of the show the close calls Eric Van Royen finished 2020 ranked 51st in the world the South African needs to get back in the top 50 in order to make this year's event Kevin Streelman was 52nd at the end of the year lost by a shot in Hartford to Dustin Johnson finished 32nd in the tour standings there were three different ways Streelman almost got in To this upcoming Masters, he hasn't yet. And can you believe that Ricky Fowler is outside the top 50? He has work to do to get into this year's Masters as well. So those are just some of the things that you pay attention to. How about this one? Tyler Strafacci won the U.S. Amateur. But in the semifinals, he beat Amon Gupta by one, one up. Gupta was one shot away from finishing in the top two in the U.S. Amateur and getting in to the 2021 Masters. We'll keep track of the close calls and those that do qualify in the weeks to come. As we're doing this show live on Monday, it is Martin Luther King Day, and we certainly want to pay tribute to Dr. King, and it's really impressive what Augusta National has done to pay tribute to those pioneers in the game of golf. We'll mention what they're doing for the 2021 Masters coming up next on the Masters show on SiriusXM.
1: Here the
0: man on his way to winning his third master's title the master's show Straight putt. and there is your champion of
1: 1962 at the master's classic in augusta georgia the champion
0: for the third time here at the master's arnold palmer on sirius xm
3: that's the king arnold palmer winning another green jacket as he won four of them in his terrific career One of my favorite traditions, as we'll talk about each and every week on this show, are the honorary starters that christen the golf tournament each and every year with the chairman of the club standing out there very early in the morning, right around sunrise, announcing three, two or three legends of the game that are out there hitting those shots. For The last number of years since Mr. Palmer passed away, Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus, have been out there to hit the honorary first tee shots. They'll have company on that first tee in April. Here's the announcement that Chairman Ridley made back in November about another honorary starter.
2: We have extended a special invitation to Mr. Elder, which he has accepted, to join Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player
5: on the first tee for the honorary start of the 85th Masters Tournament on Thursday, April 8th, 2021. Lee, this is an honor for all of us involved with the Masters Tournament and for everyone who loves this great game of golf to commemorate your remarkable legacy in this way. We all look forward to April when this moment will be celebrated with the cheers and applause of our patrons and millions of golfers and fans everywhere. Congratulations.
3: Very cool what uh, Chairman Ridley had to say back in November about Lee Elder, the first African-American to play in the Masters, being on the tee as one of the honorary starters in April with Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player. Elder played in six Masters and finished tied for 19th in 1977 and tied for 17th in 1979. Two really good finishes in his six Masters tries. He won four times on the PGA Tour, and at 86 years young, he'll be out there on the tee. I think it's special that we make that moment known about Lee Elder, as today we celebrate MLK, MLK Day. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. He also said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And Dr. King said this, and I think this is the greatest thing he ever said, the time is always right to do what is right. Good on Augusta National for bringing Mr. Elder to the 2021 Masters. That'll be a powerful moment indeed. We also like to look back in history at some of the great Masters moments as this year is 2021, let's go back to some anniversaries, and let's go back to 1946, the 75-year anniversary of the Masters returning for the first time in four years. Due to World War II, the Masters was not played in 1943, 44, or 45. In fact, Augusta National was allowing cattle and turkeys to be raised to assist with the war effort, while many players, like Springfield, Missouri's Herman Kaiser, served three years in the U.S. Navy, fighting for our country aboard the USS Cincinnati. Once it was over, the tournament came back stronger than ever with a doubled purse and better field. Before the tournament started, Kaiser played a practice round with two-time champion Horton Smith and received some advice on how to read Augusta Nationals' undulated greens. Kaiser was effusive in his appreciation for Smith's help and went out and never trailed in the tournament, ultimately winning by one shot over Ben Hogan for his only major title and one of five victories in his professional career. Hogan had a chance to force a playoff, though, on the 18th green, but he three-putted from 15 feet to lose by one. Ben would win the PGA Championship four months later in 1946 for his first of nine major victories. Of course, Hogan would go on to win the Masters, too, doing it in 1951 and again in 1953, so he would have his moments. But in 1946, a man that served three years for the U.S. Navy came back from war and won the Masters. Herman Kaiser, only major championship title, was 75 years ago at Augusta National. We'll continue to pay tribute to those moments through the years with these anniversaries each and every week on the Masters show. And we will also go through those that uh, deserve to be interviewed on a program like this. Jack Burke Jr. is a terrific one to play first up on this program, but you'll hear from some other people that are playing in this year's event Past champions as well. And we'll also talk to those that are competing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. We're excited to bring all of that to you each and every week here on SiriusXM. The Masters Show can be heard at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mondays. You can also find it on demand on the SiriusXM app. And we'll also be announcing some new things with Augusta National and where you can find this program. In the weeks that follow this week, the PGA tour will be in Palm Springs while the European tour will be in Abu Dhabi. But just remember, we are only 80 days away from the 2021 Masters. It'll be here before you know it. Cannot wait for the 2021 Masters to be here and to have it in April again in springtime. No one will ever forget the November Masters and getting to have it at such a unique time. And it'll, we'll talk about that for decades, that Dustin Johnson shot the scoring record, and he did it right before Thanksgiving. But with all due respect to the 2020 Masters, it'll be so fun to have that tradition back in April. And as we said, you can hear all of it right here on SiriusXM. Thanks again to Jack Burke, Jr., for Robin Burke, his bride. Thanks as well to Brian Katrick for all of their work and being part of the show today. We appreciate Gabe Ortiz, Noah Niederhofer, and especially we appreciate John Albanese for producing this program. I'm Taylor Zarza, remind you whether you agree or disagree, it's all for him. We will be back next Monday for another edition of the Master Show on Sirius XM.